Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. In the program today, Stephen Adams becomes the first New Zealand player to be picked in the first round of the NBA basketball draft. Super Rugby resumes with the Highlanders hoping to play the spoiling role in the remaining few rounds. And the New Zealand Rugby Union's keeping a close eye on the changing sports broadcast rights landscape. The Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic make the Trans-Tasman netball finals yet again. What's their secret? Don't write me off. That's the message from boxer David Tua as he prepares to return to the ring. And the Australians are taking far lap yet again. The 19-year-old basketballer Stephen Adams has made history by becoming the first New Zealander to be selected in the first round of the NBA draft. Adams is the brother of Olympic shot put champion Valerie Adams. And he's only the second New Zealand player to be selected in the draft at all. The first being Sean Marks, who was selected as the 44th pick in 1998. The 2.13-metre tall centre has gone to the Oklahoma City Thunder. With the 12th pick in the 2013 NBA Draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Stephen Adams from Rotorua, New Zealand and the University of Pittsburgh. It feels amazing, eh? Um, all, my, all the New Zealand like, family was just rooting for OKC, so yeah, I'm pretty happy that I ended up, ended up going to OKC. Now you're wearing the New Zealand flag uh, on the inside of your shirt. What do you want to say to everybody back in uh, New Zealand? Uh, just, I don't know. Just thank you for all the support, guys. And, yeah, I'm pretty much doing it as a Kiwi, man. Stephen Adams' manager is Kenny McFadden, and he was in New York with Adams. He spoke to Checkpoint's Mary Wilson. Yeah, it was fun. You know, once again, I mean, we, we all prepared ourselves not to have no high expectations. Uh, you know, he done everything that he could in a workout to prepare himself. So we weren't worried about where he went. It. We're just waiting for that name to be called. And when they called out uh, OKC at number 12, uh, that's probably the best pick that you can make because uh, we're looking forward to uh, having a chance to win a championship next year. And what was Steve's reaction when the name was called? Uh, happy. You know, I, mean, I, I would say just as happy as everybody else that was uh, supporting him back in New Zealand. Now, in fact, Thunder at 12 is pretty much the dream selection. Oh, no doubt about it. It's, it's, it's the best, best selection in the draft this year, without a doubt. I mean, they, they are the best team on the board right now in terms of having the potential to actually you know, win a championship. So what sort of opportunity is that for Steve? Oh, well, it's a great opportunity. You know, you, you can't ask for nothing better. It, 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 it's, it's a dream team, dream place, great organization. And he's going to be around a lot of young players that's going to help him develop. And that's what he needs at this stage. He's got plenty of room to develop and improve. Exactly. Exactly. And his salary now, what, $2 million? Uh, I'm not too sure exactly. You know, I, I leave that up to the agent. 
You know, that, that, that's their job. Their job is to continue to help him out to develop in, in terms of him as a basketball player. He's got plans for celebrations? Well, I'm quite sure, yeah. We, we all are celebrating. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of people out here who put a lot of time into him. You know, so we, we will enjoy ourselves tonight. It'll be all under control, though, but we will enjoy ourselves. That's the manager of Stephen Adams, Kenny McFadden, talking to Mary Wilson. The Highlanders, who boast only one win in Super Rugby this season, are hoping to play the spoilers role when the competition resumes this week with just three rounds to play. At the start of the season, much was expected of the Highlanders with their off-season recruiting, but hopes of a playoff spot are long since gone. In fact, they only chalked up their first win last time out when they beat the Blues in a display that showed just what they're capable of. After a three-week break because of the French Test Series, the competition resumes with the Highlanders playing the Crusaders in Dunedin on Saturday night. I spoke to Colin Slade, the Highlanders' first five, about the remainder of the season and just what's gone wrong in 2013. It's a bit, um, it's a bit weird, I suppose. Um, seems, seems a while since we've played, but uh, you know, we, we had the first week off and then sort of came together midway through the second week and we've been training pretty hard. So, um, you know, we've, we've, we've kept going. It's not like we're going to be completely rusty, but... Um, yeah, it is a little bit uh, indifferent, I suppose, having three weeks off um, playing and then uh, getting back into it. But, um, yeah, all, all the teams are the same, so it uh, shouldn't be um, at a disadvantage too much, I suppose. Did it, the break come at the, the wrong time, really, for you guys, given the, that great win over the Blues? Yeah, well, I suppose so. I mean, <laughs> confidence, I suppose, is something we haven't had a lot of this year and, and, and to get a good win and play reasonably well, um, you know, it was certainly um, a confidence boost, and then I suppose to go away. Um, you know, it, it probably was a little bit um, ill-timed, but um, you know, we, we've we've certainly uh, talked about you know what what worked um, in that game and, and trying to replicate it. So uh, you know, that's the challenge for us. Have you come up with any sort of magic answers as to to what did go so well that hadn't been going so well previous matches? Uh, not not really. It was more of a it was more of a feeling. Um, everyone felt. Um, up for the game, really. It was just uh, everyone was excited and um, everyone was running around wanting to, to roll their sleeves up and, and no one was sort of standing back in, in their shell. Everyone was uh, pretty keen to help the team and, and, and that was what we talked about, getting that feeling back, everyone looking um, for work, being hungry and um, especially uh, in, the, in the 22, I suppose, um, in the attacking 22, you know, everyone looking for the for the ball and, and not making mistakes was really what it came down to and we could build pressure and um, turn, turn it into points and um, that's what we'll try to do this week. Do you sense a similar feeling in this week in training? Um, to be honest, um, it's been a pretty light week, and, and that's that worked well for us going into the last game. Um, obviously, we had the All Blacks back this week, and, and I've, I've had a pretty tough schedule over the last three weeks, so uh, we needed to freshen them up, but it's, it's, uh, um, it's probably going to work well, considering what we did in the Blues game. We didn't train until Thursday, and it seemed to work pretty well. So, um, yeah, I, I suppose it is a similar feeling, and the fact we're not trying to... Um, do too much during the week. It's just now, um, now they moves and get their heads right and, and bodies nice and fresh, and, and hopefully um, we'll replicate that performance. How much talk has there been of playing a, a spoiling role in the the last few rounds? Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, that's um, you know if we're obviously out of the out of the competition. We haven't got a lot to play for, I suppose. And um, apart from pride, and um, and that's what we that's really what we're focusing on is, is come just put performance together we know we're capable of we haven't done it all year and it and it'd always be good to, to finish well and um if that means being spoilers then you know that's that's our goal I suppose but um you know it's just going out there and, and playing well so we can take something out of the year, something positive. Um 
you know, for for the off season, I suppose, and and uh, you know, that wasn't a complete disaster. A South Island derby too must probably add something for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's um, there's a good buzz. I know I've got a lot of family coming down for the game, and uh, a lot of friends and stuff like that have already um, said they're going to come down. And you know, it's a it's a big game. Um, it's looking already like it's going to be the biggest crowd of the year. So um, we've certainly got to put it on for the for the fans, I suppose. And um, everyone knows the Crusaders are, are a talented team and um, and a great team. Um, so it's going to be demanding from their perspective. So we've got to really be up for the challenge. And for them, the the result has quite a bearing on playoff scenarios too, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, from their perspective, they're the only only ones with something to lose, I suppose. And um, you know, that could be our advantage. The pressure's on them. Um, we're going to you know go out there and throw everything, throw the kitchen sink at them, and um, and see if they can come up with it. Um, can hold on and, or if they're going to crack under the pressure so um, you know it's something we have talked about but um, yeah and we'll just focus on our own game and really hold into it Where are you at playing wise because it's been a pretty rough couple of seasons for you haven't it I mean a couple of years ago you were sort of in that all black mix and then you've had such a, a run of injury and then results wise this year things you must be scratching your head a bit Yeah um, the fate of it you know, I've, I've sort of suffered, I suppose, with, with the team. Um, you know, it's hard to find confidence um, when the team's losing. And um, I, I, mean, I think um, as a team, we're getting better, and, and I feel like I'm getting better. So, um, yeah, you're right. It's been a tough couple of years, but um, I'm, I had the goal at the start of the year to get through the season and, and, and touch wood. It, it's I'm injury free, um, fit, and, and starting to feel the benefit um, of playing week in, week out, which I haven't done for a long time. The dream is still to get back to the All Blacks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, pretty much rock bottom for for a long while there, and um, that, that was the thing that motivated me to get back into the gym and, and rehab and, and get back to uh, back to playing again and, and not throw in a towel or, or think about going overseas or anything. I, you know, I've still got a dream, and um, you know, for me, that's what motivates me is, is to try and get back in there. And um, you know, at the end of the day, I've just got to control my own performances and, and help out um, help out the team I'm in. And, um, anything like that will, will be a reflection of how well I'm going there. So I've just got to worry about my own my own self and um, yeah, keep working hard and keep trying to get better. How hard has has it been? Yeah, yeah, really hard. But um, you know, it's all character, character building stuff, and um, you know, it certainly tests you uh, mentally. Um, but you know, you know, I've come back. Um, I'm feeling, like I said before, feeling better and better every week, and I'm feeling like I, I getting back to the level I was and. Um, and starting to enjoy my rugby game, which is which is the main thing. If you're able to give it a points out of ten, where do you sort of put yourself at as to where you might have been a, a couple of years ago? Oh, it's probably a, probably a tough one to tell you the truth. Um, uh, certain things are feeling back to normal, you know. Um, but you know, there's still some areas that I need to work on, and um, you know, like like my running game and things like that. That's coming back to me, and I'm starting to feel faster again and, and get that power back in the league and things like that. But um, you know, some things are feeling feeling fine and um, defence and stuff like that. I feel like I'm improving every week. and um, Yeah, it's just a case of sort of breaking down little bits of your game and um, improving some areas and, and some um, maintaining and, and, and trying to get better in others. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a process, but I'll get there and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing off this year and um, playing it the whole year. Tempting to, to think about going overseas? Yeah, I suppose that is tempting. It's always tempting, you know, but at the end of the day, like, you've got your goal and... Um, and, and like you said before, that's to get back into the All Blacks and get back into the frame there. And, you know, I'm not going to die wondering and I don't want to look back on my career and think that 
what if what if I stayed around? So I'm definitely going to give it a good crack here. And um, push came to shove. I, I still feel I'm too young and still feel like I've got my best rugby ahead of me. So um, it might as well be in New Zealand, and, and I'd love to stay longer. I can honestly say I don't think I've worked harder than this year, and it's, but it's just frustrating that um, it hasn't helped. The, the team, I suppose, and, and in fact that we haven't got a lot of wins, and, and I think it can be same as said about the whole team. Really, we've—I don't think we've—I've tr- been in a team that's tried as hard as this team. It's just—it's um, just frustrating we haven't been able to put it out in the paddock. Colin Slade's contract with the Highlanders expires at the end of the season, and at this stage, he's unsure just where he'll be playing Super Rugby next season. The recent announcement of the English Premier League football broadcast rights deal that seen Sky lose the rights to New Zealand consortium Coliseum has the New Zealand Rugby Union keeping a close eye on the changing sports broadcasting landscape. Coliseum will offer the competition through the internet with a free-to-air element through Television New Zealand. But is the deal a game-changer? Could the All Blacks go the same way? I spoke to the Chief Executive of the NZRU, Steve Chu, about the prospect. We're watching the landscape with considerable interest. I mean, we're, it's worth noting that we are two and a half years through a five-year partnership with Sky and they provide us an outstanding um, level of, of, of service, if you like, in terms of delivering, capturing and delivering an enormous amount of rugby and delivering it on a platform that, that the majority of New Zealanders can get access to, albeit they have to pay. So that's the first thing. The second thing, of course, is that when we go to market next time to uh, monetize what we have to, to sell, uh, the more competition there is, the more in the market, the better it will be. So there's no doubt that Coliseum um, is a matter of interest to us. It's not. It wasn't a surprise. There are other parties who are, we understand, gearing up to do some similar stuff, both here and abroad with um, New Zealand-based um, content. So I think it's really exciting, actually. Um, but time will tell. They haven't actually delivered yet either. So. So you would possibly see a greater split up, even of sort of internet rights, television rights. We we haven't dismissed anything, um, Stephen, and it was too early to speculate how we might package up our our stuff. Um, you know, previously we've looked at all sorts of options, and in the end, uh, an output deal with with news initially, and in, in, in this last uh, time, Sky, particularly in New Zealand, was the best way forward for us because it generated the most value. Presumably, though, with it changing so much, you'd be trying to keep ahead of the game in a sense, though. Well, our, our job is to make sure of you know, two or three key things. You know, firstly, we've got to make sure that, the, that what we're giving um, our fans to watch, whether it's live or on television or on the internet or on your iPhone or the screen on your watch, if that's the next thing that happens, uh, is, is the best it can be and people want to watch it. So... Our real, you know, we've got a big focus on the rugby and the structure of the season and all of that's incredibly important. We then need to uh, make sure we get the balance right between generating enough money so we can retain the players that we want and the coaches and development of the game at, at every other level, but make sure that it's still accessible to um, our fans, both in New Zealand and abroad. So nothing's really changed in that regard. We've got to find the right balance. Will, will, will we approach... The sales process differently from last time, certainly, because it'll be five years on and the world's changed. Do you see that, though, area is becoming a bigger revenue gatherer? Hopefully. I mean, we, we've made no secret of the fact that in the immediate future for us, there are two opportunities for New Zealand rugby to have another game-changing moment in revenue generation. 
One is the next broadcast sales and the, and the next is the Lions Tour. And we've made some assumptions uh, in, in these projections that we put in front of the board. And in fact, we put some different scenarios and we put best, mid and worst case scenario. And there's an enormous difference between what they may end up looking like and the two things that have the most impact are what we get for our content when we sell the next um, you know, broadcast content, whatever you want to call it, um, package. And how well we do marketing the Lions to New Zealanders and, and overseas fans who travel here. I was talking to the Chief Executive of the New Zealand Rugby Union, Steve Chew. The defending Trans-Tasman netball champions, the Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic, have maintained the record of being the only team to make the playoffs every year since the inception of the competition in 2008. They played the Queensland Firebirds in the minor semi-final in Hamilton this weekend with the winner then playing the loser of the major semi-final between the Adelaide Thunderbirds and the Melbourne Vixens. The Magic beat the Firebirds in Brisbane during the regular season and enjoyed a comprehensive win over the Northern Mystic in their last outing, which Magic shooter Irene Van Dyke says means they're in a confident frame of mind. We have no reason to, to doubt ourselves, but in saying that, we haven't had a good start against the Mystics and... You know, going into a semi-final game and such an important game this weekend, you can't afford those, you know, those minor lapses even for half an hour. So, yeah, we, we're confident in going into it, but we, we definitely know that we'll need to hit our straps straight away. Is it sort of an odd feeling that it's come to this point that the season could almost be over for you? It's, it's just, just one game. Has it crept up on you at all? Look, we've played like this for the last, honestly. Um, last year, we actually went into finals having our backs against the wall exactly the same as this year. So, you know, we just need to focus on the game that we have at hand and make sure that we um, play sensational netball that we can survive another week. It must be a, a nice feeling, given what you went through last year, knowing that you can, you can do that and, and cope with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it definitely helps. And I think Knowles has done really well in preparing us for whatever can happen. Have you prepared any differently this week? What what approach have you taken? No, pretty much the same as um, what we do in season. So getting together on a Wednesday and a Thursday and um, meeting up on Sunday morning. So, no, it's pretty much um, what we normally do and how we normally do things. Ramelda Aitken, the the key is shutting her down? (laughs) She is a phenomenal athlete, isn't she? Um, Yes, she's definitely one of the uh, um, main players. And then obviously, you know, the the defensive pairs with um, Laura Geitz and Demelza McLeod and um, Misa, they they are phenomenal. And, you know, they are players with experience. They've been there. They've done that. So it is not going to be an easy beat. You're feeling good about your form. I see statistics that say you're shooting 35 goals a match in the last five games, which is up from from 30 earlier on in the season. Yeah, yeah. We're getting there. Um, I think the combination with me and Alan grows every week we play. Um, You know, that understanding between one another and, and, you know, know where the other one is going and um, our eye contact is much better. So I think... Yeah, it is. It is nice, and you know, Alan plays really well, so she lifts me. And you know, my go, my my wing attack and centre, they just feed me fantastic balls, so I can't complain. Do you feel as though that combination with Alan Halpenny has moved up several notches in the last few weeks? Oh, totally. Yes, 
Definitely. In the beginning of the season, I think, because she was an unknown factor, basically, they kind of double-upped on me and let Alan be um, the playmaker. And because she stood up and... You know, she slotted all the balls. She's really comfortable shooting from anywhere. Um, and she's a very strong player. So I think they realize now that these two of us, that they need to counterattack and not only one. It's quite a record for the Magic, isn't it? You've made every final since the competition began. I know. It's totally tribute to Knowles. You know, um, Nolene is the one amazing coach and these I've been with her for the last 12 years and not one year has been the same this every year she takes a step up and expects something different from you as a player how is she so inspirational netball is part of her coaching philosophy philosophy but if she can build you as a person you know it's more more the total human being than what it is the sports person and you know she sets standards she demands um, perfection or not perfection she demands a high quality output and yeah she's just she, she's very inspirational in everything she does and she's so passionate about the game do you think the loss that Queensland had last round is going to have knocked them a, a little bit going into such an important match oh they're going to come out firing they the, I think the gloves will be off they will you know, it's it's finals, Nepal. We all want to go to the finals, so it is going to be a tough game. And I think everyone is going to put everything on the line to to be the winners on the night. What have you made of the competition this year? I mean, there was a lot of talk a few rounds ago about the physicality of it. Is it actually any different to previous seasons? Or, and if so, how has it changed? I think because there's nothing within the teams, I think this year the competition has been much closer than other years. You know, the wins was only with one or two goals most of the time. The others were blowouts. But, um, yeah, and with that, you know, it comes, there is a little bit more of physicality. Um, There's a difference between being physically dirty and um, contesting for the ball. And I think sometimes... Um, people overstepped the line, but um, I opened my mouth and I rest my case. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's no one plays this game to lose. Everyone wants to win, and um, because everyone is so passionate about it, you 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 do everything you can to win. Do you think there has been a win at all costs approach taken by some teams? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't talk for other teams. <laughs> I was talking to the Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic shooter Irene Van Dyke. The New Zealand boxer David Tu has stepped back into the spotlight this week, announcing another fight with the hopes of again challenging for the world heavyweight title. The 40-year-old will fight the Russian giant Alexander Ustinov in Hamilton in August in his first bout since he lost to American Monty Barrett two years ago. Reporter Alex Coogan-Reeves caught up with Tua at his Auckland gym and he spoke to reporters about his motivation for getting back in the ring. This is a sport I'm very passionate about. And, um, you know, it's about giving my, myself uh, another good run at the world title. Hopefully uh, this fight goes well. That can uh, steer me in the right direction. Have you had some moments where you've kind of looked at yourself in the mirror and gone, hey, maybe boxing's not for me anymore? No, not really. Not really. <laughs> not really. Uh, it's never uh, occurred and it's never crossed my mind. Uh, boxing is a, it's a tough business. But certainly, um, you know, everybody has a has a good moment, has a bad moment in it as well. But for me, you know, uh, I love boxing. I love everything about the sport. 
and it's about it's about testing myself. So this is a, a step towards it. What's the last six months been like for you? Oh, it's been ugly. It's been absolutely ugly. But at the same time, uh, you know, I needed I needed answer for a lot of the questions that crosses my mind, and, and obviously. Um, one of those most important questions was was my age. You know, do I still have what it takes? The you know, first day training with Lee, you know, it's been very ugly, but, you know, uh, I survived that and I'm still here today. So I think uh, those questions and answers that need it uh, be put to rest. How much harder is it for you to do all that training and stuff now than it was, say, 10, 10 years ago or when you were challenging for the World Title? To be honest, uh, people say as you get older it gets harder, but for me it gets easier. Uh, It's about, you know, setting your mind onto your goal and you go for it. And I think it's something that I encourage anybody out there that if you have a a goal or a dream, man, go for it. Live it up. You know, uh, it's a tough way to make a living, but, you know, I love what I do. What did you learn the most about yourself in those bouts against Barrett? Well, at the end of the day, it's about being in a situation that you know that either you're in great fighting shape or in shape. And for me, uh, since the Cameron fight, I've been in shape, but I haven't been in fighting shape. So uh, that's really the difference. Is that a mental thing for you or a physical thing or a combination? I think it's a both. Uh, it's a... Uh, a physical thing and uh, a mental thing, but I believe it's, it's spiritually and emotionally as well. And, you know, the last time you fought a tall fighter was for a heavyweight title. Do you look back at those tapes? I know it was 13 years ago, but do you look back at the Lewis tapes in preparation for this fight? I do, but I fought, I fought, um, I fought other great fighters that uh, were maybe similar height, probably taller than Lewis, and uh, I did okay against them. Um, this is a, a different fight at a different day, and... Uh, I'm looking forward to a good test. A lot of fighters, when they get to your age and they come back and people say they're just doing it for the for the payday or whatever, but with you, it's kind of hard to say that when you're fighting someone that's got such a good record, you're not coming up against a bum or someone that uh, you know has lost their last three. This guy hasn't been beaten much. Well, you know, what, what is a bum? Um, Sometimes from the outside, it's always easier to look at someone and say, oh, that guy's a bum, but... You know, there's a lot of work that goes behind the scene that a lot of people don't know. So um, I think with that in mind, I always have the utmost respect for anybody that ever gets out there and, uh, and fights in that ring. Um, you know, this fight is a, is a, is a you know, big fight. I'm looking forward to testing myself and you see where I'm at at yeah, this stage of my life and uh, my career as well. Just finally from me, you've gone the distance in pretty much every fight since the Cameron fight. Is that mm-hmm. David Tour that knocks out people in the first and second round? Is he still in there? And Because that's what New Zealand fans want to see. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, the strange thing is a bit like um, watching uh, All Blacks sometimes. Uh, sometimes they they don't quite get the convincing win they, they uh, work hard for, but they win. And sometimes they don't, but they always come back. But uh, unfortunately, in this uh, sporting arena, it's uh, one-on-one. But, you know, it's, um, it's a great thing. But for me, you know, uh, the best thing that I can do for myself is to get in the best possible shape and show up on fight night and give it my all and adjust to everything that he gives me and take the advantage of it. Finally, obviously, uh, 
the other week we got a sort of glimpse of possibly the future of New Zealand heavyweight boxing with uh, mm-hmm. Justin Parker. What, uh, just a comment on him and what, what you saw from him. Oh, he's a, a great fighter. He's a great young fighter. Uh, he's on his way and uh, wish him all the very best. Are you still the premier New Zealand heavyweight, you reckon? Uh, respectfully, yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. I guess you've, uh, he's, he's got a long way to go to accomplish all the things that uh, you've done over your long career now. You know, I don't compare. For me personally, um, you know, he's on his way. And uh, certainly he's very talented and uh, he's got a lot of raw talent. And I think uh, in due time, um, you know, really the, the, the rest is up to him. So I wish him all the very best, yeah. That's boxer David Tua. A piece of Farlap's tooth has been sent to Australia from the Tapapan Museum in Wellington so scientists can analyse his DNA and compare it to the likes of other champion horses like Black Caviar. A small piece of one of the 1930s champion thoroughbreds and sizes has been sent over for DNA sequencing. Dr Natasha Hamilton of the University of Sydney told me that DNA sequencing will help shed light on the genetic diversity of thoroughbreds around the world, past and present, and also possibly in the debate of whether Farlap's a New Zealander or Australian. We actually have an informal morning tea once a week, um, a group of uh, the genetics uh, people, and we can talk about anything from sport to whatever. Um, And one day someone, we were talking about Farlap for some reason, um, and somebody said, we should sequence that horse. Um, and it just fell right into to my range, and I thought, yes, I think we should. Um, and, and it just went from there, really. So what um, does that actually mean? So what we're trying to do is actually get his entire DNA sequence, so that's sort of three billion base pairs. That's, that's the ultimate aim. That in itself is really impressive, because we, we do believe he will be the, the first... Uh, Southern Hemisphere racehorse to have his full sequence done. Um, they have sequenced other horses in the Northern Hemisphere, but uh, uh, we do think he will be the first Southern Hemisphere one. Um, and we can use his sequence um, as part of um, a number of different studies, and, and it's actually really useful for the international horse genetic community um, to have access to samples um, from different areas of different breeds, and of course he's a different generation as well. So um, he'll be a really valuable contribution to the, the international research effort. Is there anything in particular, though, that may interest you that you're particularly looking at? I mean, are you trying to find similarities between him and and other great racing horses, um, for example, like Black Caviar? Of course, that that would certainly be something that interests me um, personally. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's certainly one of the projects we would, would have um, in, in mind. But we'd also use him in projects um, looking at just the overall athleticism of horses. So um, they are obviously, they are great athletes. So to try and understand more about the genetics underpinning um, just uh, um, exercise physiology traits um, and then, of course, more specifically to him, um, it would be really interesting to compare him with some modern-day uh, champion horses to see what what might be similar and, and what, what might have changed over time as well. So are you going to be able to clone another far lap? Uh, when they were uh, storing his skeleton or, or preserving it and getting it ready to be uh, shown to the public, uh, they, they treated it um, without without any regard for the condition of the DNA inside, which is not really surprising. Uh, so we actually, we're, we're, we are sure that the DNA will be damaged to some extent. It will be fragmented. 
Um, and that means that while it, we, it, we can still use it for sequencing because that technology actually uses smaller pieces of DNA, uh, there is no way that we will be able to clone Farlap. So we will not try and create Farlap 2, I promise. Do, do you accept he's a New Zealand horse? Oh, I do. That's why he was bred. And there's no doubt, um, I'll give a wrap to the, the New Zealand breeding industry, there's no doubt they've been the source of some wonderful horses uh, racing over here. I was talking to Dr Natasha Hamilton of the University of Sydney. And that brings us to the end of Extra Time for another week. Remember, if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at sport at radionz.co.nz. I'm Stephen Hewson. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.